were there playing that's true there were no backups there were no significant injuries right in fact we had the significant injuries it was a significant real important victory yeah on the road on the road in front of the 12th man even though the 12th man might not have actually been in the stadium they, still they were the still, whole thing <laughs> you know. it's the same thing so yeah we did it good game yeah, great win, like a signature win. You know, sadly, we're still going to wait on a Daniel Jones signature win. But we have a Joe Judge signature win. Right, we have the Joe Judge arrival win, I think. Yeah. And we have uh, the defense's signature win. Right. And we have, like, the resume win that we need to be a playoff team and not be a total joke. Right, that's true. That's a perfect way of putting it, yeah. So we belong in the playoffs. If we make it to the playoffs, it's because we belong in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far, but it's not a total disgrace. Right. We have a team of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, and just like, you know, a, a, like a decisive win, like a punch in the mouth win. Right. Like, I think the things that the Giants have been suggesting they are building, we now have justification for those the people saying those things, right? The defense is good. Yep. The Giants have a very good defense that has been playing well and now has shut down one of the best offenses in the league with maybe the top, what, the third best quarterback in the league um, conservatively. Yeah, um, and, and completely shut them down, and he was terrible. I mean, not, I mean, he just looked totally flustered, confused. They got pressure. I mean, it was just like they, the coverage was good. Um, not nothing bad you could say about the Giants' defense. Yeah, and maybe this well, like one of the scariest wide receivers in the league too. True. You know, just like a, you know, and again, I think wide receiver. A lot of people have their their pets that they the guy that they love to love, and I don't, you know. I don't know if DK Metcalf is really there as like the best receiver in football yet, but I mean, he is certainly one of the most terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think people maybe got a little carried away um, with DK Metcalf, but um, he's an elite receiver for sure. You know, by, by any measure, like I don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL, um, but he's certainly really, really good. Um and you know, he reminds me of a lot. He looks like Terrell Owens, don't you think? Yes, yes, very much so. Just his yeah. freak size, athleticism. Physically, yeah, and similar athlete. Um, really good. And yeah, I mean, he had a, you know, he made his plays, but he didn't, he wasn't a huge factor in the game. Right. Um, it's just fact, amazing how many times we just kept stopping them, you know? <laughs> like. Yeah, and we we really did take him away. Like you said, he, you know, he made his plays, he had his catches. I think he only had like five catches or something like that. Um. But every time he caught it, you know, we were right there on him. Like, he wasn't able to do much. You know, he was able to get enough separation to catch the ball, but he wasn't able to do very much even after. I mean, even that, that one stiff arm that certainly got a lot of play. And I think both sides of that have gotten a lot of play at this point. Like, obviously, Mark Schlereth and whoever that goon he's up there with, they, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they love the stiff arm. And I, I also think Twitter has properly responded by – pointing out that he was still tackled pretty immediately and James Bradbury almost kind of ripped the ball out. Yeah, right. It was a pretty good play by Bradbury. Bradbury <laughs> is awesome. Thing, right. Where it's like, you know, the reaction to the stiff arm followed by the reaction. Yeah, but he got him. To, you know, whatever. Know. It was a good play by both, both really elite athletes and great players. And yeah, I agree. James Bradbury is excellent. Um, Giants have a lot of good defensive players all of a sudden, you yeah. know, like, and I think we're really starting to see the benefits of something that you pointed out much earlier in the season. I can't remember what week it was, but we do have an elite player at every level of the defense. 
And I think that's really stabilizing when we're plugging in all kinds of other guys for whatever COVID related reasons. Like the D line has been pretty intact, but I mean, you know, the, we've had a, like kind of a rotation at the second corner position. Cause I know it's been Isaac Yadam for the last two weeks and he's looked pretty good, but he didn't look that great at the beginning of the year. We had Ryan Lewis in there for a stint and uh, a lot of, a lot of rotation at, at the linebacker spots, but just having Leonard Williams, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury. And, you know, you could even say Julius Peppers now back there. It's we're covered. you know. Yeah. Peppers, I think has become a hell of a player. He, yeah. You know, um, and yeah, I mean, it's really coming along. A lot, everyone that needed to improve has improved. Um, and Leonard Williams, I, you know, I think I texted this to you. Like Leonard Williams might be my favorite giant. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> that's he almost is more the most sh- essential giant, I think, right now. That's like, more shocking than us making the playoffs this year. Is it? We're making right. the playoffs, and I like Leonard Williams. I know, I love him. Yeah, he's great. I, yeah, he's I excellent. Know. And he seems like a great guy, a great teammate. He's, you know, a good quote. A guy's everything you could want him to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, I think the biggest, the moment I realized that I had really turned the corner on Leonard Williams was I was doing his sack dance in my living room on Sunday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's when true fandom has taken root. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But he's awesome. I mean, he's everywhere and he's just, he, you know, he's a constant problem and he's good against the run. I mean, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he nothing changed the team. I think. Yeah, nothing beats too. I mean, he is—he's pressure all the time. He's pressure right up yeah. the middle, right in your face. You know, right. And that's just one of the things too that was so impressive. And this is, I guess, more about Patrick Graham, but the way that we were able to pressure pressure Russell Wilson, they were open guys. I mean, I've I saw it both on Sunday just on the broadcast, and I know Dan Duggan, he does a really good job on Twitter of just posting clips from the All-22 films or whatever on Tuesdays on Twitter. And there are guys that are wide open at times for Seattle, but it's just sort of the nature of where the pressure is coming from. Like, one of those sacks that Williams got, like, he's coming up the, up the middle, so Wilson's got to spin out towards – he's got a back wide open. That's just a safety valve. He's wide open. But because when Russell Wilson spins, he spins right into another guy who's blocked. It's not like he ran right into a sack, but you just can't. He just trapped. You know, you're not going to make that throw no matter how how good you are. And that scheme, that's just like, you know, directing Russell Wilson. We're going to leave a guy open over here, but we're going to make sure Wilson just can't set up and throw that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Giants defense – has established itself as a good unit um and it's a young developing unit and i think that you know um everybody is right to be excited and uh you know it's just funny the mood around the around the giants and people talking about the giants like i don't know where are you like how good is this team like are you is any part of you like i have had to kind of remind myself though like this is a five and seven team you know like i feel like yeah the champagne is getting popped. Um, Joe Judge is what a program, and I'm I love, I'm really coming around on Joe Judge, and he's done a fa- fabulous job, and like things are looking great, and um, and and you know I don't want to pour any cold water. The best win, that's the best Giants win in four years. Nothing even comes close. Um, but it's a five seven team with no other good quality wins. Um, How good is this Giants team? Well, let me ask you this because uh, you, I, I'm not going to act like we weren't on the same page in this regard for the most part, but you have sort of, you were very upset about the uh, moral victories that we were being presented with (laughs) earlier in the season. Does actually winning this game, change your perspective on some of the moral victories earlier in the season like does it does it change it a little bit for you where now you're like well we did play Pittsburgh pretty tough we did play Tampa really well you know like a couple things break a little differently in Chicago I mean they're terrible now but I don't know how do you feel now about the moral victories earlier in the year 
Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think I think people are right. And people who were people were right about Joe Judge, who were like, trust me, this is going in the right direction. You know, we, we used to joke about how many people were like, don't sleep on the Giants. And it was getting to be ridiculous when they were one and seven. But I think they've proven that they had a point that there was something happening. Like they did look like a well-coached team to me. That's kind of the thing that sticks out the most from that game. And I think the, the, the amount of guys who are improved is just it's all over the place, you know, yeah. like it's, and it's impossible to separate it from coaching. Like so many guys playing better than they did earlier in the year, like coming on. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited as everybody. I think it's fun and we're in a real playoff race and it's all really exciting. Um, but like, I'm still not there of like, you know, like I'll say this, I'm starting to come to like where, like Dave Gettleman even, you know, like acknowledging some of the good moves he's made, but it's not like, I'm, I'm not ready to say he has done a good job, but I do feel like, and we've talked about this before too, that like since the day the Giants put a stake in the ground and we're like, we are rebuilding this team, meaning like we drafted Daniel Jones and we are moving on from Eli Manning and that that, that process has begun. And I think getting rid of Pat Shermer was ultimately part of that. Um, they have done a good job, you know, like I think every move they have made since they made that mindset shift is starting to bear fruit and that's encouraging, you know? And so like, I do think I'm willing to start entertaining the idea that things are going to keep moving in that direction. And like, um, you know, I think I've mentioned earlier, like earlier shows that I, I have a feeling Dave Gettleman might retire after. I think that's more and more, could be more and more likely the more that, that they yeah. look good, that he, he takes a bow here and they continue this rebuilding with, you know, maybe a younger guy. Um, so uh, that's all to say, like, I'm really, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm feeling like everybody else is, but there are times you are on Twitter where you're like, can everybody just calm down a second? Hey. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to do that. This is the best Giants win in um, 100 years. It feels like we've been in the cold, harsh reality. There's COVID. There's 600 million people dead. <laughs> we can feel good about Colt McCoy winning a football game. On the other hand, <laughs> you know, there's a lot. They still There's still a lot to prove, I think, for the Giants, too. Like, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot that needs to happen here to finish this off. Um, before, you know, we pop the corks. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, football is so weird because, yeah, we're five, we're a five and seven team and we stink according to our record. right? Right. But I also feel like if the season was just starting now, you know, our record would be different, like almost in some sense. And, and it's almost like a cliche at this point, but if we can make the playoffs, our record doesn't matter. And yeah, I, I don't mean that as in a, you know, I don't mean that like coach speak or whatever. I just mean that as long as we're like the way that we're playing right now, we're not a five and seven team because I really can't get over the fact that we won this game without Daniel Jones and yet Colt McCoy stunk. Right. So, <laughs> Which honestly is perfect, right? Right. Because yeah. you didn't want Colt McCoy to play well and for us to win that game and for it to be like, you know, you didn't like Daniel Jones will come back. We will welcome him back. He's coming back into open arms. We're excited to get him back. No one, no one who's not an idiot is like, I don't know. You know, we should keep Colt McCoy in there. You know, like if you, yeah. like, if you think that get off, get off Brooklyn radio free Brooklyn get off our podcast like just go away right, right. if you yeah. think that but nobody really does um in fact no one has done more for daniel jones's reputation and feeling than maybe colt mccoy like nothing single-handedly made me appreciate <laughs> true. daniel jones's qualities than colt mccoy yeah i mean i guess we should transition to that i just let me i want to finish my point but it's to say that you know i, I think that our rec it's it goes too far as to say that our record doesn't matter but because we're in a terrible division and you know every every team has its own luck and i think frankly i think i think washington was lucky that they got pittsburgh when they got pittsburgh but we get to that later yeah. i think every team has their luck 
And I think for us, the luck has been we're playing in a terrible division, so we have a chance to go to the playoffs. So I think with that in mind, our record doesn't really matter because I think we're playing the kind of football like a good team. You know, one of the things that really stood out, I felt like, was how good we are at tackling. We're a really good tackling team. And it's not necessarily something you – I don't know. You just see it. Like, I wasn't that worried even when Russell Wilson got going because, you know, once he's out in the open field, he will slide. And actually, he's really good at that. But, I mean, even behind the line, I was never really that worried he was going to escape or get out of trouble because we're really good tacklers. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. No, and I agree. I feel like, you know, what I didn't want to ha- – I think we talked last week. I did, what I did, was really afraid of have happening is, like, we win this division at 6-10, and 10, but we actually stink – and you're just like, this is worthless. And I think this win is the first step towards that not being the case. Where we have an actual elite defense that's playing playoff caliber, absolutely, yeah. without question. And if Daniel Jones continues to improve the way he was, then suddenly we're, yeah, we look like a reasonable playoff team. And look, like the NFL is a short season. You know, like you look at the way baseball works or the NBA, like, Teams are 500 for like half the season sometimes and then explode. Like, yeah, you get swings like that in football, less so because it's so condensed. You don't get 100 games to like develop, you know, a cleanup hitter or whatever. Um, You don't call up a rookie pitcher in the middle of the season. So we could get to a place where we finish seven and nine and we look we're dangerous you know so that's definitely exciting and and i think that this today or sunday was like the first thing that needed to happen um to start to feel that way yeah i'm just right now i'm just looking back at our schedule from earlier in the year so if we play the bears this week we win that game right if we play the cowboys again this week we lost by three like, if this team was in that game, we win that game. Right, right. Uh, we lost to the Eagles by one on the infamous Daniel Jones fell down night. And right, Evan we Ingram definitely win that game. Definitely win that game. Uh, you know, the Bucks game was a toss-up as it was. But that's like three clear wins we get yeah, yeah. on top of it. We lost to the Bucks by two. We lost 17-9 to the Rams, and we lost by 10 to the Steelers. I mean, that Niners game was really the, the, the stinky fish. That was terrible. But, you know, you look back on it, and it's like, yeah, I feel like we've, we are pretty good. We just needed it to come together, and now that it comes together, we're good. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, look, it's trending that way. You know, I just feel like... And again, I don't want to be cold water guy because I think Giants fans have every right to have big freaking grins on their face and maybe even get their hats out and their shirts <laughs> and walk a little taller. Um, but I I don't think and it's still not time to take any bows or uh, tip any caps. You know, let's keep this going. Um, let's get Daniel Jones back in there. Um and they, you know, let's win this division. Now it looks like Washington. There's a little bit of there. They're looking a little dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Rivera, you know, he's a good coach and it does seem like he's, you know, the, similar things are happening for them. I think that defense is really yeah coming along and, and they're going to be well coached. And, uh, you know, we obviously have the, we beat them twice. So that's a huge leg up we have. Um, but we got to win this division. Like just has to happen. Yeah, we have to. And I guess I will say, well, I, I, I have a, uh, something to say about Daniel Jones right after the break. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. This is a big game for Daniel Jones coming up. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hope he's – I don't. I can't get a, a read on his health. Like, I, I – uh... 
you know, I hope he's, they put him out there and he's ready to go. You know, I just don't, those hamstrings are so scary. You know, it's like something happened to that muscle. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and well, you're just like, also, have you ever hurt your hamstring? I've pulled a muscle before and it's like, you know, you just never know the next, when the next step is that's going to do it again. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've pulled my hamstring before and it's like the way it affects, it goes up your back. Yeah. You know, it's like right up to like into your lower back. It's like, it's really impossible to move, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm a normal, I'm just a human being. Like I'm not a professional athlete by any stretch. So they're different, but it's still, it's a hamstring is no joke, no matter how severe. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they keep talking about like, you know, they got to see that he can protect himself. It's like, I, you know, I, I don't think you can, you can't put him on the field if it's bothering him at all. Cause it's just a matter of time before you yeah. aggravate it. Right. I mean, it's, I don't think, yeah, it's not one of those injuries that you play through. I, I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know what a what an, a playthrough injury is anymore. I mean, it's like you know some of these guys like yeah, you know what they come on the field like you know Tony Romo punctured a lung one year and he's right. playing like what right right, right. <laughs> so right. I don't you know I don't know, uh, but whenever it is he comes back he has to play well like he can't look like he could end up being. He can't kill the momentum. Right, right. Or he can't even be perceived as, you know, possibly killing the momentum. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a big stretch for him. Like, Because the defense is playing great, and the team looks great, and everybody likes the coach. And the last missing piece is Daniel Jones taking another step forward. Yeah. And then you're, then you're talking about something totally different, where then Dave Gettleman, he gets to put his – shit-eating grin on his face and <laughs> parade oh, yeah. around in his robe and smoke his cigar in the press box or whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And I hope he gets that moment, you know, like good for Dave Gettleman if he does, but, but, but that's the only thing that's keeping this team from, from the Giants fans turning into super annoying people and uh, really getting to puff our chests out uh, is, is Daniel, you know, and, and he's, and he was trending in that direction, you know? So, I do. I hope he can get back on the field this week and uh, they can keep this going. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, I think Arizona's defense, they've gotten better, but they're pretty suspect. So this is an opportunity. Oh, they're, I mean, they're, yeah, they're falling. You know, they're, they're, what, only six and six now. They're really coming back to earth. I don't think they're that well coached team. You know, I'm still yeah. um, really skeptical of uh, Kingsbury, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, with a K. Uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, um, I think we have an advantage there. Although, so I'm going to, this is my one quibble with Joe Judge. I think you know where I'm going. Joe Judge has got to get more aggressive on fourth down. Like, <laughs> it has to happen. If we don't yeah. use this, all, if we don't pretend that we are going to try and draw somebody off sides and run a play for a first down ever this year, I'm going to do something <laughs> because you've been setting everybody up for that um for a long time now and uh you know that like it almost cost us that game and it would, no one's going to talk about it because it, it didn't right but his decision whatever it was in the second half there to kick a field goal put us up 17 to what five instead of going for it on a fourth and short deep yeah. in Seattle's territory, I thought was a terrible decision. Um, yeah, you know, you're already up two scores. It served it served no purpose. I understand it. It changed it from um, a touchdown and a field goal to two touchdowns. But like you're playing Russell Wilson, to me that meant nothing. Like you had a chance to put that game away. You got Colt McCoy. You're not an explain. You know, you don't have a lot of offense. Like you got to take advantage of that. I thought that was a really bad decision. No, I totally agree. Here, let's look at where was that? Was that in the? Yeah, that was in the. Uh, let me see. That was. Oh no, this is. I'm still looking at the. So that was in the third quarter, I guess. It was fourth and one, at the Seattle thirty. Fourth and one at their thirty, and it. Yeah, we were up seventeen to five. So at that point, the field goal means that two touchdowns and one extra point for Seattle would win the game. 
and they have Russell Wilson on their team. Um, you going somewhere? Oh, I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. The radio listeners, this won't bother them. Uh, the podcast, the video, the YouTubers will get quite a treat right now. The YouTubers are getting a tour of Brian's. <laughs> of my luxury apartment here. Um, yeah, I just don't want the uh, my computer to, to die. So this is professional. Um, this is we're, the business of, of making the sausage here. We're pros. Yeah, but no, I, yeah, I, I just thought um, that's the one area where Joe Judge, and I just don't understand. I don't know what needs to happen, like, for these NFL coaches to get more goddamn aggressive on fourth down. Like, how many things have to come out? You know, there has been some kind of a sea change where you are seeing it more and more. But even still, it's like, I know it's not Madden, and it seems easy for us to say, but, like, it makes a huge difference. And you can be aggressive on those fourth and shorts. Like, yeah. it's go. It all. It would. It came so close to biting us in that game. Yes. Um, and luckily, the defense clamped down and didn't make it an issue. Um, but it could have been a huge one. Yeah. I mean, look. Right after we kicked that field goal, Seattle scored a touchdown. Right. They made it seventeen twelve. Then we punted, and then yeah. they had an eight play drive. Right. They got. They what needed to happen for them to they had you knew they were going to get the chances they needed to score twice and like to me I wouldn't put that game in Russell Wilson's hands. Um, I almost even thought we should maybe go for fourth down on our last possession before we punted. It was like fourth and four. That would have been I I didn't I'm not going to fault him for punting there, uh-huh. but we were in their territory. We had had that nice little drive. Yeah. To um you know, kill a lot of the clock. Yeah. You remember that? And then it yes. was like fourth and like three or four Yeah, in their territory. I might've gone for it there. So it was fourth and five at their 42 yard line. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we pounded it into the end zone. They got the ball at the 20. Yep. Like you only gained 20 yards of field position. The way our defense was playing, they needed a touchdown. So it's not like leaving them in you know easy field goal range. They'd still need to go sixty yards. Right. Um, I would have been tempted. You know, you, you get the first down there, the game's over. So I would have not. You know, I understand Colt McCoy, all that. Like, I don't know that I want to put the game in Colt's hands. But. Well, right. I mean, because at that point, the 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 previous fourth down we were talking about, I totally agree. Like, I thought, I thought, I texted you and our buddy Matt, that we just lost the game on that play. I was yeah, no, so I mean, I, I, Like, that one to me, you have to go for it. You yeah. have to. Yeah. The second one I'm saying, I, I'm not killing him on it. I can totally understand why you punt there. But I'm saying I would consider going for it there. Like, I, I don't think that's outrageous to say. Like, I think that's a, a legitimate um, tack that you could take there. Yeah, I wouldn't call it outrageous. But I, I think ultimately what that decision comes down to is it's Colt McCoy, trusting Colt McCoy versus trusting the defense. No, but you're still trusting the defense because you're still asking, you're still saying, I don't think they're going to go 60 yards and score a touchdown here. And if we get this five yards, the game's over. Yeah, except that they probably, I think you're right. They probably don't go, well, how much time was left at that point? So at, on that fourth down, it was a minute 55 left in the game. Yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think that they go 60 yards in, say, five or six plays, but do they gain the eight to 12 yards they would need to have a legitimate Hail Mary opportunity? Maybe. And then you got a Hail Mary that, likely is going to go to DK. I mean, they have good receivers. We, you know, I, 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 that would scare me. It's just like they need a touchdown. So they're going to throw a Hail Mary and we're pretty close to midfield at that point. They don't really have to go all 60 yards. They need to get in a spot where Russell Wilson can get a good heave and DK Metcalf can win a jump ball. And we're going to get to the jets in a little bit, but uh, you know, you saw what DeAndre Hopkins did a few weeks ago. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, DK Metcalf is huge. Uh, you yeah, know, well, I mean, what's the what's the like success rate on hail marys? Like one percent? Like how many of them actually land in the? I'm, uh, again, I'm know. not killing. I'm, it's a defensible punt. I'm just saying, I would be really tempted there to go for it yeah. because the defense is playing well, and if you make five yards, 
you the game's over. That Russell Wilson, you don't even have to give it back to him. He right. never touches the field again, and yeah. you, then you're kneeling down, and you're partying. I, I I don't know what the success rate of Hail Marys is, but I know that the terror rate is 100%. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that's not you make decisions based on how scared you'll be watching the Hail Mary. <laughs> but again, I, I don't want to turn the biggest Giants win in, in a decade to uh, – you know, picking nits condemnation on Joe Judge going for it on fourth down, but I do think it's it's been a thing all year. Yes, and it, it it's reared its head again, and it's going. You know, now we're at hey, we're in a playoff race now, so it's going to be a thing, and it's got to. You know, he's got to get more aggressive on fourth down. Yeah, I agree with you. I I totally agree with you, and I also somewhat trust Joe Judge. Like I think there will be a moment late in the season. In a, in a big spot where it's going to look like Daniel Jones is trying to draw them off sides and I am going to be sitting there furious and then suddenly the ball's going to get snapped and something's going to happen. It has to be. I, I have yeah. to believe that that's been, they've been setting people up for that. Otherwise, I hate everything. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, but just, man, I, I, I honestly, though, like, I, I haven't felt like that on a Sunday night going into a Monday in years. Yeah. You know, I haven't felt that intensity watching a game in a long time where I care. I haven't cared about the outcome of a giant game in like five years. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, what is this feeling? <laughs> I texted you guys like right at the start of the fourth quarter. I don't know how I'm going to handle my emotions for the next hour. Like, right. I, you know. I haven't been in that spot in so I long. Know. Like suddenly pacing around my living room. Like I just hadn't I haven't given any care to a Giants game in so long. Yeah. It was nice. It was good to feel alive for a, yeah. a brief moment. Alive. <laughs> yeah. Alive. Here's my question. Do you think Jets fans felt alive when Derek Carr completed that pass? I don't know. I don't I don't I'm sure. It was a mixture of anger, relief, disgust, <laughs> happiness, or, or happiness, no, but relief. Some kind of like, well, at least, all right. Resignation, um, all of that. But no, like, not excitement, right? You're still not, you're still yeah, like. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. That's like, humiliating. That's an embarrassing moment in Jets history. Now, it ultimately may lead to Trevor Lawrence and a change in coaching and, you know, um, a positive may turn into a positive, but it was a gut punch in the moment. <laughs> well, it's just, it's everything. I mean, everything about that, that might've been one of the most bizarre moments in the history of football. Truly. Yeah. Because yeah. what you have here is you have a team that really at this point has zero incentive to win zero. Right. And they're about to win. And, they lose in under very bizarre circumstances, like a, a very weird play call. They uh, two actually in a row, two really weird play calls that yeah, get yeah. that lead two to an opposing weird play calls, right? Like one's the opposite, where they're like in this weird zone that doesn't somehow doesn't stop people from getting behind them, right? Yeah, yeah. and then so the, you know they get that they don't want to win. And then they end up losing in what is actually humiliating fashion, but you didn't really want to win. So the whole fan base, I'm sure, is terribly conflicted. You know, the defensive coach who called it gets fired. But, like, was he trying to preserve the loss? I couldn't even tell. Like, was he trying to preserve the loss? I mean, clearly not, right? I mean, he's fired the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's fired the next morning. Like, we never want to see you again. So, you know, it couldn't have been by design. It was just stupidity. You know, it does remind me, though, of the in the opposite, the opposite direction. But the Super Bowl where the, the Seahawks, instead of um, just punching it in with Marshawn Lynch, they threw that pass on first down, whatever. It gets intercepted. They lose the Super Bowl where there's this crazy reaction to the play call. That's the worst play call of all time, which is correct. It was. <laughs> but then you get this, like, backlash of people being like, there's nothing wrong with that play call. It's it, it's just, you know, it didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like you're sort of seeing that with this, where there's like, and, 
in both cases, I feel like it's a stupid the the over there's a little slight overreaction to the play call of like it still was like so poorly executed, you know, like <laughs> that guy he, he he fell for that fake so blatantly, you know, where it was like, dude, why why are you biting so hard on that fake? Like it was yeah. so poorly defended and it, the blitz didn't get there at all. So it like was really poorly executed and it also was a stupid call, you know, like it made no sense. But like I don't know the guy you need to fire the guy the next morning. <laughs> oh, you know, can't we never want to see your face again. Like it's not but it it's but so there's no but there's no defense of it either. Like the people who were like, No, that's Greg Williams, that's that's a totally you know, that's nothing wrong with that call. It's like, no, it's a stupid call. But it's poorly executed. like it's just everything was bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. I first of all, I think Greg Williams should be out of football. That, that's yeah. just a separate issue because of the little bounty gate thing so who cares when he gets fired honestly i mean who cares but i guess what is what do you think like how do you how do you how does anyone tell the difference between a really stupid play call and intelligently zigging when people expect you to zag or zagging when they whatever how are they you know right well i mean i agree i mean i think like when you do something counterintuitive, you know, like blitzing in that spot, they're not expecting it. And maybe he's just, he's figuring I'll just get quick pressure and then he won't even have the ability to get the ball as far as he needs to go, you know, cause we'll just rush him and he won't be able to get it to the end zone. I'm sure that's what his thought process was. It didn't work at all. And I'm not saying that as a defense cause it still doesn't make any sense. And, and like, you know, ESPN had that stat that literally no other team in like, <laughs> since they've been, since they've been accounting for it has ever rushed that many people in that spot. Like, so you, that's not just counterintuitive. You know what I mean? You're doing something that literally nobody has ever tried before. <laughs> right. I, I gotta say, I didn't hate it. I, the call. I, yeah. I'll admit that. I didn't hate it. There are definitely defensive coaches, defensive high school coaches that I follow on Twitter who I, whose opinions I respect who same thing. And they didn't. They weren't like crazy Twitter people. They didn't come out and be like, "Actually, it was brilliant." But they, you know, they kind of made a not reluctant defense exactly. But they were like, "Look, I kind of get the thinking, and here's why." And I sort of relate to it. I mean, look, like I just said before, the DeAndre Hopkins thing happened where he had like four guys around him, but if yeah, he just yeah. out jumped everybody and he got the ball and. Right, like I, it it does make a ton of sense, and that's why nobody ever does what Greg Williams did. <laughs> it makes a ton of sense to just put all your defensive players where they're gonna throw the ball, and you increase your chances of it tremendously of stopping also, it. You know, you can like bring a little. You could bring us. There's a lot of stuff you could do in that situation aside from like leaving that corner alone on like the fat. You know what I mean? You could bring yes. a sneak pressure. You could bring a linebacker, and they're not quite expecting it. Like there's things you could do there. Yeah. Like so to me, it's like. It's a dumb call. Right. But it's there is it's not like the stupidest thing any human has ever like it has <laughs> sorry. It has a <laughs> logic to it. <laughs> um that is defensible. In the same way that throwing in that spot in the Super Bowl, there is an argument you could make that it made sense, but on the end of the, people the counter goes too far where like you know just run it in with Marshawn Lynch and win the Super Bowl, you know? Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, reinvent the wheel. Right, right. But then, you know, you're in the Super Bowl. Sometimes it, extraordinary things are called for. Yeah, perhaps. no, like, you could have thrown the ball there. I think, you know, maybe a play action. There's, there's an argument for that. But there's not much of an argument for not just punching it in. Like, those people are still right, you know? Like... It was dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was stupid to send all that pressure and leave that guy totally exposed. It was stupid. But it's not like he needs to be shot on the spot. But he does. But it's also because it is Greg Williams. He has yeah. that stupid facial hair. He has the face that he has. <laughs> he has this ego that is so apparent. So, like, yeah, fire him the next morning. <laughs> it's fine. Escort him in the building. And he'll never coach again. And... 
that seems appropriate. You know, there's also the twist, the weird twist of like everything you said about uh, Greg Williams cosine. And yet he was fired by crazy eyes, Adam Gase, which is also just the irony on top of it. of just, you know, just every, everyone involved in that situation. It's just a lunatic, you know? Right. <laughs> right. And an idiot. <laughs> right. It's just unbelievable. Uh, I, I, they honestly, the Jets, if they wanted to do anything entertaining for people and really contribute to society, they really should have filmed Adam Gase firing uh, Greg Williams and released that to the world. Yeah. I mean, the Jets are, it's like the aristocrats at this point. You know, <laughs> the Jets is like, God. <laughs> Uh, and they are they going to get Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to refuse to play there? I don't think so. I, I yeah, don't buy that. I, I, you know, why would he not want to go to the Jets? I understand they're the Jets. It's New York. They're going to have a whole new everything. They're going to fire the coach. Yeah. He's walking in there like, you know, I, I understand the infrastructure, the the owner, all that. Like, I don't know. To me, like, I, I don't see him doing that. He doesn't strike me that he would want to do that. And what's he going to do? Force his way to Jacksonville? To... Right. right. <laughs> Is that true. any better? Yeah, no. No. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, get it, shifting back real quick. Are we worried about Washington now that they beat Pittsburgh last night? Like, I know we own the tiebreaker, but if we lose more than they do in the stretch here, then they'll have a better record a little i'm a little worried they could get to eight wins um they've got a you know a pretty soft schedule down the stretch here um so i'm a little concerned about it yeah all right let's see they have so they have seattle uh so they have they have san francisco coming up this weekend then and that's not an easy win that's not a win that's not Nothing is guaranteed there. Uh, then they have they have Seattle. Then they have Carolina. Also, is you know Matt Rule's not doing a bad job there. And then they they'll close with Philly. Yeah, but so I mean they they you could get there. Yeah, yeah. The thing and then is, we'd have to get to eight, and I don't know that we can get to eight, right? Uh, I don't know. Can we? Well, we have the same record they do. I mean, I, we literally can, but like... Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I, like, I I happen to think, for first of all, I think they caught Pittsburgh at the exact right time. I think that that was a... F- not fluky, but misleading win. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off this whole thing with the schedule. Um... They haven't had a bye since week four. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. But I do think they're coming on and they have a pretty soft schedule. But you're right. I mean, I think you're right that those aren't necessarily like in the bag, but it's certainly an easier road than we have. I mean, for us to get eight to eight wins, we'd have to beat three of our last four. And that's Arizona, Baltimore, Cleveland and Dallas. Yeah. So that's a tall order. Yeah, that's certainly a taller order than I guess what they have to deal with, even though, you know, yeah, I know. Ah, oh, that's so annoying that they beat that they beat Pittsburgh last night. I know that's so annoying, right? Because it would have been, yeah, it would have been basically over if they didn't. But right, um, it definitely gave them some life. Right. I guess they're relying on Alex Bloody Sock, Alex Smith. Like at this point, right? who's even their backup now? He was their third string guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Haskins is the backup. It sounds like he's that's right. I forget, yeah. I forget he's not hurt because it seems so absurd that he's not playing. And <laughs> yeah. he's not hurt. No, I mean, look, all of a sudden for them, like we kind of made fun of them, their quarterback situation. Like Alex Smith is playing well. Yeah. And now they have Dwayne Haskins, who's still really young. And, you know, I heard, did hear Ron Rivera said positive things about him. And he's like, we're not giving up on this guy. He, and he's impressed me in the way he's handled this. And he still has an NFL arm. So, like, they have Alex Smith. Maybe he gets them a, a division title this year, and then he plays again next year and plays pretty well. And then they, you know, then they still have Dwayne Haskins on the roster. Like all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, what they're doing makes a modicum of sense, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ugh, I hate them. 
<laughs> All right, let's get to an ad read. If you like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, as I do, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. So uh, Tom Thibodeau is looking to make Barack Obama a Knicks fan. Did you see that? No. <laughs> I just I got a few Twitter alerts on my phone. Oh, welcome. Right. Oh, so will I. Right before we started uh, recording, I guess Obama made a Knicks joke. He said something about the Knicks being terrible. And then that Tom Thibodeau was bitch. then asked about it. <laughs> and he said, well, I guess we're going to have to make him a Knicks fan. So, Okay. Uh, All but, right. But I, 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 I think you're – are you optimistic, Brian, about the Knicks? or Scott, dare I say I'm excited about the Knicks. Excited? Excited. I'm looking forward to this Knicks season. I think do tell. I think I'm not telling you the Knicks are going to be good this year. They aren't. <laughs> okay? Not for one second am I making that argument. But basketball players do improve. And the Knicks have a lot of young basketball players on their roster who may improve. I think I am excited to see Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, Frank Ntilikina play together. Like, and even I'll throw Kevin Knox in there, who everybody's given up on, who's still a super talented 21 year old kid. Like, and now for the first time, all of these people are playing for a real coach who at least has some idea what he's doing. I don't think that has been the case any of these past years i'm more i'm coming around on the obi Toppin pick i think it was i like it that he's a 22 year old who could who might be scoring 20 points a game soon you know he seems to be super yeah. athletic everything you're reading about him is exciting from what he's looked like that the way that his teammates are reacting to him like i'm looking forward to watching these young guys play and i'm glad there's no stupid players on this team really that you know aside from julius randall who I do think might be better this year, might be uh, not cast as this um, hero that they tried to put him in last year. (laughs) I think R.J. Barrett might be significantly better this year. So I'm looking forward to watching these young players play significant minutes. And I think there is a chance that they improve significantly and become actually fun to watch so you're also betting that we're not getting uh a healthy dose of nerland's noel uh nerland's noel is is much better than what we've had as a bet he's still 25 he's a fun player to watch he's the backup to mitchell robinson i hope those two guys are the centers like yeah I mean, look, there's still too many. Uh, yeah, there's your Alec Burks and your um, what other kind of annoying veterans are on this roster. <laughs> like, there's definitely <laughs> some guys I'm not looking forward to watch play. Um, but not as many, right? There's not as many. There's no, um, what are their names? There's no Morris brother on this team. There's right. no Taj Gibson. There's no Bobby Portis. Um, There's no Wayne Ellington. I mean, I guess Reggie Bullock's fit in that role, but he's like more of a useful player, I think, anyway. Um, I think those young guys, I think that four or five guys I mentioned are going to play a lot of minutes. And I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Like, they could be fun by the end of the year. That group, we could be like watching something happen that then leads us into this draft where we have all these picks we will still have some cap space i think this could be the dawn okay always darkest before the dawn i think the dawn it could be we could be the sun might just be ever so subtly (laughs) emerging on the horizon little bright lights of pinks and reds and oranges might be Opening our eyes to something, <laughs> something might be happening. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. You're right. I didn't realize Nerlens Noel was only 26 years old. He's young. Yeah, he is young. And he is better than, you know, half. He's fun. Like... He'll be fun to watch. He'll throw down a few alley-oops. He'll play some good defense. He'll block some shots. Yeah. He's got some potential. Um, right now, Obi Toppin is in our starting five on the ESPN depth chart. Well, that would be great. I really hope they do start him. I know that's that'll be probably. And, and, you know, I've, I know everybody's worried about Tibbs. He's going to play all the vets. He doesn't like the young guys. Like, from what I, what I'm hearing, like when you read between the lines, to me, what he's saying, like, I don't know that that's true. Like, yeah. I think he knows what needs to happen here, and he's going to make them earn their minutes. But that's fine if they're not playing well. You know, development is great, but development, just throwing a guy out there for the sake of it is not, a, you know, he needs to play. No, I they need to play well. I totally agree. And I think the whole Tibbs likes older guys thing is way overblown and just silly. I, I think it's just I'm, Tibbs likes to win. Right. He's you been know? on teams that are contending teams. They tend to play older players. And yeah, like right. when you're in a playoff series, like a young rookie, if he screws up, it's like, get out of here. I don't have time. Like it's. This is a different situation. Yeah. I think any coach likes the best players on the team. Right. <laughs> you know? So, right. like, whoever those guys are, whatever their time in the league was, you know, I mean, look, Derrick Rose was a young player when he got to Chicago. He wasn't sitting Derrick Rose. You know? Yeah, yeah. Right. He was developing him as the youngest MVP in league history. Right. <laughs> he had no problem playing him. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think a lot of weird assumptions about Tibbs out there just like he likes to do this he likes to do that he's gonna ruin these guys he's gonna you know just whatever he's the best coach we've had right this he's decade. Most, most successful although actually the Knicks they've had some successful coaches come through here they just <laughs> can't seem to have success with us but right it's true um all right yeah I guess you know I haven't looked at the roster probably since it became clear that we weren't going to get a free agent that was going to make me tingle at all. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't hate nearly as many people as I thought I would hate. You know, I only hate a few people. Yeah. And again, I'm not sitting here telling you the Knicks had a great off season. No. The Knicks did everything right. Leon Rose. Oh man, he's he's a genius. He's a wizard with the picks. He's trading number twos. Oh, he cleared Ed Davis for a second round pick. What a wizard! Oh, the Knicks, we're we're here. We come. I'm just saying, I am excited to watch this particular basketball team more than any Knicks team I can recall in a long while because there are some young players I would like to watch play basketball. Yeah, I think this Obi Toppin is going to be fun. I think he's going to be exciting. I think RJ Barrett is going to take a big stride and be fun and fun to watch. And I think the same of Mitchell Robinson. And I think that three trio, and if Kevin Knox could become part of that and Frank could become part of that, all of a sudden you're not in hell when you turn on MSG and try to watch a game. <laughs> and that's all we got. That's it. That's, you know, not in hell. And I realize that that's maybe that's you could say who cares to that, you know that's a very low bar. <laughs> no, I don't even feel like who cares something. at this point. I just I am so much more suspicious than you. Like I see what you're saying, and I want to live in the world that you're describing to me. <laughs> like that sounds like a wonderful world, and I want to be in that world, and I reserve the right to enter that world at any time. But I also could just easily see the world being like, you know, we get to like almost to like say like what the Knicks are supposed to play the first game right before Christmas or right after Christmas. I think right before. So right before Christmas, we start the season. And like so Obi Toppin, for example, I could see Obi Toppin looking awesome through, say, Martin Luther King weekend and being like. Obi Toppin and yeah, then yeah. him starting to get exposed in ways that are just infuriating. And then right, being like, right. oh, Obi Toppin. And RJ, I could same thing. I could see like again coming out hot out the gate and then like stalling a little bit and starting to get frustrated. Julius Randle trying to pick up the slack, hating him. Yeah. Like <laughs> I envision like 
again, trying to keep in mind, open mind about Kevin Knox, but then hitting a point in the season where whenever he yes. comes on the floor, like I can almost sense that he sees me looking at him from my <laughs> like bedroom, just being like, don't screw this up, Knox. So I just still feel like that's a far more realistic place for me to be in by, say, February. But I would for sure prefer to live in the world that you're describing. Right. I think that's totally fair. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I could see all of that happening very easily. Archie <laughs> <laughs> at shooting 55% from free throw line. Oh, God, I know. And we're just like, this team stinks. Dennis Smith Jr., just hot garbage every time he shows, <laughs> touches the ball. Right. Um, Us seeing a lot more Austin Rivers than I really want to see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's true. Fair. Certainly possible. Certainly uh, possible. But I'm going to give it uh, uh, opening night. I'm looking forward to turning on the TV and, yeah. and watching. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Are you already dreading next year's draft? Because then once that draft comes and then we make all our draft picks, we won't have as many picks anymore. And then on Twitter, we'll officially become a stupid team again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like this is the last year I'm giving the Knicks of this, you know, like, yeah, because I'm not I was never a big the process guy. I, I understand the logic of it. I, and I'm, I'm I, I, I don't think I think there's there's something in between winning 10 games every year until you hit a lottery, the right lottery pick and just not being stupid. I, I do think that there's a, a middle ground there. So I'm not like, let's just be terrible indefinitely yeah and, and i'm this is the last season that i'm doing this like <laughs> what the knicks, the knicks have to tip off next year as a good basketball team like they have to you know like what are the consequences that you're threatening them with well i don't know i don't know i have nothing what do i have <laughs> I, I don't know. but i'm not gonna be like telling you oh leon rose did the right thing punting you know what i mean like no yeah no. Then he he I put I will throw him in the same lot with Isaiah Thomas and Steve Mills and Phil Jackson. I will throw him in that same pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I agree. No more chances. Yeah. No more I'm chances. I'm giving this year. I'm watching some young peacocks and <laughs> I'll sit here and watch it. Some little uh seedlings but that's it man i'm not doing this again all right i agree i'm not doing it again and i may not last the entire year but we'll see right right next year leon rose uh, you better show up with a rose a flower needs to have bloomed in the garden <laughs> when you arrive next season yeah for uh, this time next year okay we're wrapping up our radio free brooklyn broadcast uh we air uh if you're listening to us we air at 6 a.m on Radio Free Brooklyn, you were available for download on Saturday morning, and our audio is back on Saturday morning, so that's great. Uh, excited about that. And check us out on YouTube. You can follow Brian at B Demena on Twitter, and you can follow me at SKISHII on Twitter. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And Brian, we are in bonus time. <laughs> Welcome to bonus time. Uh, Brian, it's Tuesday will air on Thursday. People will hear us and see us on Saturday. What's going to happen between now and then? Um, I don't know, Scott. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to go on a little coronavirus rant to close the show, which is I, I'm not one of these people who's like, uh, you know, scolding people like, oh, yeah, is this been so hard? You got to stay in your house and watch Netflix. Why are you complaining? Like, this has been hard on everybody. A yeah. lot of sacrifices were made. Businesses closed. been terrible. But we are at the end here. The vaccine exists. It works. Yeah, they gave it to it's, someone. It's right there. It wasn't the beginning when it looked like this was never ending and how are we going to know when we can come out of our homes and like, are you sure this is going to work and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get where everybody's whining. We're at, the, we're at the finish line. It's the, the rainbow has shown we're almost there. So just we can save people's lives. And like, I know, you know, where people are losing jobs and businesses like those are bad, but dying is worse. <laughs> yeah. And 
It's like, just come on, everybody. Also, there's not no solution to people losing jobs and businesses. There's just no solution that people with money like. Right. That's so true. Right. We know what needs to happen. So, like, get the money flowing. Get the masks on. Get back in your houses. We got to hang on. Buckle down here for a few months. And then it's over. And we get back to life. And things can blossom and bloom. Like, come on. I know. Yeah. I, especially grown adults who lack the I'm back.